the pandemic, social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. It's spring, and Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island is your lawn care company. Call them today for a free quote, 401-392-1025. Check out their website, lawndoctor.com. Your best lawn ever, guaranteed. Call them now. Get that spring program. You have the fertilizer, then you guaranteed broadleaf crabgrass control. Your best lawn ever, guaranteed. Call Lawn Doctor today. Check out their website, lawndoctor.com, or call them 401-392-1025. It's John DePietro on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, you can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. Well, this story out of Channel 10, uh, this comes under quality of life, uh, completely unacceptable. You have people that seemingly are oblivious to basic uh, rules, common sense in a neighborhood. You don't just throw food out thinking you're helping animals this story rats crawl over across the neighborhood the fact that channel 10 could actually capture them in daylight on camera is really something let's go to the channel 10 report a cranston neighborhood is overrun with them and we caught them on camera in broad daylight oh, for close-up say neighbors over by cranston stadium off park avenue where the rats are winning yeah, and the neighbors came right to i-team reporter parker gavigan for help and you took this right to the mayor today parker I did, Patrice. Mayor Ken Hopkins tells me his team will jump on the complaints, which are becoming a quality of life issue and a safety concern. It's not normal to see rats in broad daylight. They're nocturnal, but we saw many of them today in this Cranston neighborhood. Wow. These rodents are eating everything. Rats. A lot of rats. We lived in Coventry my whole life, and I swear to God, I see more wildlife here in Cranston in our yard. Way behind the bush. Diane Gothier shows us around her yard on Capitol Street. Three big black poison bait boxes surround the house, dropped off by the city months ago. I want something done. Yeah. I mean, we can't even go sit in our backyard just for fear of something crawling across your feet. When you've got seagulls coming around, you've got a problem. (laughs) On nearby Midwood Street, Russell Souza has put up metal screens to plug rat holes. The rodents even ate the wires in his car. It's it's impossible. We we see them playing in the driveway every night. They've ruined my property, dug holes in my driveway. All of our neighbors have them because people are feeding animals, straight animals. Ma'am, we just want to ask you a couple of questions. Many neighbors have complained that this woman, Melissa Davis, a locally known animal advocate, is contributing to the rat problem by feeding pigeons, cats, and other wildlife. She has ducks that she throws food out to. Bread, there's two ducks that are here every single day. Most adorable thing. There's birds. There's Jonathan the seagull. There's quite a few birds. It looked like a petting zoo here yesterday. It it pretty much is. There's a lot of wildlife they come here. This woman told me she's Davis's sister. There's a rat problem in the neighborhood? You probably don't want to be throwing food all over the yard. Throwing food? Well, again, where is the proof of that? Here's the proof. Neighbors see rats follow the food. I feel bad for them. Mayor Ken Hopkins tells me feeding wildlife violates city law. You know somebody who's putting food out there uh, for wild animals, that's part of the problem. And if you want to be part of the solution, please report the addresses to us and we'll take care of it. And the mayor tells me the city's rodent control department has recently been understaffed, but a new hire has fixed that problem. His team will be focusing on complaints just like this one. Folks, what is wrong with someone? You can't just throw food out there. Of course it's going to attract animals like that, and let alone rats. People are... What is wrong with people? I'm telling you, I don't know whether it is, in fact... It's, you know, the the pandemic and there's still fallout from that or what exactly it is. All right, let's go to uh, more. Obviously, the big national story is you have the president overseas. No one has a lot of confidence in all of that. And then you have, you know, Tucker Carlson and some others are finally pushing back on this whole narrative. The attorney general saying that white supremacy is the biggest challenge in the country right now. This was on uh, MSNBC. Uh, Representative Eric Swalwell, Donald Trump is the biggest legal terrorist of them all. Was the one that was pressured by 
the chief of staff, Mark Meadows, uh, and others in the White House to look into these bogus election fraud claims. Uh, are you going to have to subpoena Rosen to get that testimony? I, I hope not, uh, Casey, but, you know, hope, hopefully Rosen is just a good person and comes in and tells us what he knew. That's typically how it worked around here, but... John McGahn broke tradition when he forced us to fight him in court for two years to compel his testimony. And Donald Trump is the biggest legal terrorist of them all. Oh, and, you know, people have God. him that you can just try and drag this out. So uh, eventually, we're you know, gonna... they just won't let it go. Absolutely won't get it go. Still talking about President Trump. All right. Senator Josh Hawley, this administration talking about the Biden administration now, moral obligation as much as Vice President Harris doesn't want to go to the border or address the problem at the border, people are just coming over in droves. You have to address the crisis at the border. That border crossing is not safe. It is not safe at all. Our border, it is a state of total crisis. And it is a crisis that is affecting every single person in my state and in this country. And I suggest to you we have a moral obligation. And this administration has a moral obligation to address the crisis it has created at the border for children, for families, for American citizens. And I'm glad we get to talk about this. You know, the, the, the statistics tell the story. I mean, the number of family units crossing the border is up 4,143% oh. from last May. 4,143%. You know, and that is because word went out that it's acceptable to come across the border reunification and despite all of that what do you have attorney general merrick garland domestic terrorists fighting it's still saying white supremacy is the biggest challenge in the country let's hear uh extremists here we go the number of open fbi domestic terrorism investigations this year has increased significantly According to an unclassified summary of the March intelligence assessment, the two most lethal elements of the domestic violence extremist threat are racially or ethnically motivated violent extremists and militia violent extremists. In the FBI's view, the top domestic violent extremist threat comes from racially or ethnically motivated violent extremists, specifically those who advocated for the superiority of the white race. You know, that does not match up with so much of the violence that you've seen in the country that we've witnessed think of all the protests that we've had all the threat of violence it's really now just the threat of black lives matter or antifa with them marching how about the fact that was the the man arrested over the weekend that uh, purposely and brazenly even announced the reason he was killing certain people was was because of race now he's black a lot of the asian crime anti-asian crime especially in New York City, that was being committed by African-American men, primarily. Not all, but I'd say 90% of it seemed to be. Nine out of the 10 attacks, sometimes a woman, but most of the time, if they arrested or they had profiles on 10 people, uh, well, actually, even even went to 10 out of 10, uh, the more that the story went along. Yet that's not the narrative that they tell. They still continue to tell this false narrative that it's white supremacy that's driving everything. All right, a lot more ahead. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. Well, it's a challenge to run your business these days. Maybe you need to find the right type of workers. Why not let MEGA professionals find them for you? Call MEGA professionals today, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-7801. MEGA, M-E-G-A, professionals, 508-336-7801. 7801. Maybe if you need workers, maybe you have workers and won't come back to work. You need drivers, certified help, part-time, full-time, maybe weekend work. You need the professionals at MEGA Professionals. Let them find the workers for you. They screen them all out. They send them right over to you. Serving Rhode Island, Massachusetts, call them today, 508-336-7801. Maybe you need mechanics or skilled labor or warehouse workers, office workers, professionals, even those in the healthcare profession, MEGA professionals. Call them today, 508-336-7801. Again, 508-336-7801. 
You focus on your business. Let MEGA professionals help you find the workers. MEGA professionals, 508-336-7801. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. Spring is here. Time to contact Bethel Certified Softwash. You can text Jared a free estimate at 401-617-2585. Bethel Certified Softwash. They have a great website. It's RhodeIslandSoftwashing.com. Outside your home, let's get rid of the grime and the stains, maybe some of that, that green algae and moss and mildew that build up over the course of the winter. Call Bethel Certified Softwash today. Again, outside your restaurant or your home or a roof or a deck or a patio or a walkway, it's Bethel Certified Softwash. Remember, it's biodegradable. It's plant safe. Look for them on Facebook, Bethel, B-E-T-H-E-L. Their Facebook page, the before and after, are just tremendous. Contact them today for a free same-day text estimate, 401 617 2585 401-617-2585. Again, remember, they have a great website. It's RhodeIslandSoftWashing.com. Bethel Certified Soft Wash and Power Wash. To the John DePietro Show, weekdays 11 to 2, right here. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, which is DePietro.com. Joining me right now, he is a columnist, focuses on Rhode Island, but does all of New England for the Boston Globe. It's Dan McGowan. And Dan, I'd like to start off with uh, the Providence Schools, um, the Education Commissioner, <clears throat> and they were in front of, um, well, a little bit of a hostile audience at the <laughs> State House on uh, on Monday evening. And I'd, I'm curious to know how you think they, how they held up, specifically uh, the Education Commissioner, especially with their new superintendent. She strikes me like she's got a little bit of wind under her wings right now. Well, you summed it up. Right there, John. I mean, that Senate Oversight Committee, um, not quite as hostile or as sort of all over the place as the House Oversight Committee can be, but um, certainly no secret kind of where they're coming from, right? They're, they're getting a lot of their questions from uh, the teachers union. They tend to be pro-teachers union. And so, you know, anytime you have one of these hearings, <clears throat> uh, Commissioner Infante Green is kind of going in there as I don't know if we're doing this as a sports analogy, kind of going in as the underdog, right? The road team in some ways. Um, you know, I think all things considered, look, the the conversations, uh, you know, from the call-ins from teachers and stuff like that, you know how that's going to go. It's always going to be just accusation after accusation. I think generally speaking, the commissioner handled herself pretty well, uh, made a compelling case for, uh, at least some of the progress that she thinks is being made in, uh, in Providence schools. Um, she is she is in a better place, both knowing her personally and knowing her just from constantly being in touch with her. She's in a better place today, um, I think, because of that new superintendent uh, that they've got under their belts. They've got a person who is, uh, you know, homegrown from Providence, and they feel good about uh, about that. And so she's able to kind of say, you know, that sort of counteracts the argument of, well, you're, you know, you're bringing all the out of town people and, and all you do is hire consultants. You know, they got somebody who's been a superintendent or been a principal in this district. So I think she's feeling better about herself. The one thing I would caution on is these things can change from week to week. And I still maintain yeah. that she uh, she's in a very tough spot because you have a governor who kind of wants to be all things to all people who wants yep. to get this right um both for politics purposes and of course i think he does genuinely want to get the school system right but he's thinking about politics too and so you know one week can be good for the commissioner next week something pops up and it could be pretty bad and i think you're going to continue to see these oversight hearings 
um, you know, continue for a while. I believe the Senate said they're not going to do them before the end of the session, but I think you're going to see a little bit of summer action. I think you're certainly going to see them back in the fall. So this isn't going away anytime soon. Dan McGowan, uh, Mayor Alorza did an interview with your former colleagues, uh, WPRI newsmakers, Ted Nisi and Tim White. What, what did you make of, um, I don't remember hearing a mayor so candid uh, and just about him. He, he just comes right out and says that there's no one under these guidelines that could get a new deal that would work because it's so constricting with the teachers. I, I just don't remember anyone so like so matter of fact and definitive and certainly he wasn't like that in the past no he sounded like you john <laughs> the yeah, way you t- sometimes talk about the the, the the teachers unions in particular um look jorge lorza as i say almost every week when we talk he is what he is he doesn't he doesn't hold back he was i think deeply offended when the teachers union kind of came after him so there, there's something personal there um for good reason remember i was in the room for that when they shouted yes. him down during his state of the city his mother yeah. was in the room uh he was embarrassed and he was offended by it just as you or i would be or anybody else would be um and i think he is speaking a little bit of truth to power you know what, what he's seeing and i've talked to him about this a lot uh, over the last let's say six months or maybe three months what he's seeing is everyone is kind of cooling off on the takeover. Everybody wants, again, you hear the governor, I want to, you know, I don't think we need to uh, rip up the contract. I think we can negotiate. I think we can do this. And what Jorge Lorza is saying is, take it from me. You know, it's not because I'm a bad negotiator. It's not because I'm a bad mayor that I couldn't get anything done. I tried. I put my, you know, I, I put everything out there to to try to make change, and I couldn't get it done. Do you really think that it's just, you know, me and not the problem with the teachers union? Um, he's right about that. You know, what would be really powerful, and you never see it get done for for lots of political purposes. But I'd love to see Jorge Alorza and Angel Taveras, the mayor before him almost yep. team up on this conversation now those yes. two don't get they don't get along <clears throat> and so and, and remember i believe angel Taveras is strongly supporting nelly gorbea for governor so there's a whole bunch of reasons why this would never happen but if you want two honest brokers right different yep. guys but honest brokers who dealt with the teachers unions if you want people to understand how this works i think there's no two better people to give you an up close and personal take on, yes. on how this all works that's what they should be doing because then you know what it does is it it takes away the jorge or lures is just running for governor thing it allows somebody who is involved in politics but is removed from it and angel Tavares is a respectable guy he's a respected guy um yep. if those two were to, could could find a way to kind of get in a room together and really talk about this and and bring people along because john what, what you're seeing i'm sure you're seeing this as well the, the challenge with the teachers unions is that they're so aggressive and they, yep. they work so hard to get media attention. They work so hard to, you know, throw things against the wall that you, you have reporters in this market and it's, it's not a criticism of them necessarily, but you have folks who just say, well, you know, it's an easier story to tell when the union president is just sounding off. It's an easier yes. story to tell about, That's right. Um, you know, it's an easier story to tell when when you could say when you could go into a classroom and say, hey, look at look at what a mess this is. Right. Those are exactly. visual stories. These things. Yes. And, and so I think that's the challenge is, is that the counteract the, 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 the other side doesn't quite get told because the other side is, you know, a seniority conversation. It's a, right. You know, it, it's things that are that are would, would make sense to the average person but aren't as crystal clear as, as the teachers can be. So that, that's what I think should happen. I don't think it will, but I think it should happen. I'm just going to ask you that. And again, folks, so speak with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. Do you think there's enough done to explain to the, even the media and the general public exactly what's involved? Because, you know, even your former colleagues, I hear those guys were saying, you know, if they were like, what are the top one or two or three things that you would change? And I don't think people understand that. With my understanding, the Providence teachers, so they work four hours a day. Anything you want beyond that, they feel you have to pay them for it. Right. And so you have one side that comes and says, hey, listen, we're all educated, so we want the best for the kids. 
The other side of the table are professional negotiators that say, listen, there's nothing free here. Anything you want beyond, they work four hours a day. They get an hour for lunch, an hour free period. You're going to have to pay. And yeah, it, you want to hire someone, it's got to go internal first, and it's got to be based on seniority, and you just can't rotate people around. You certainly can't fire anyone. But I just get the sense that a lot of times you're exactly right. The narrative that's easier is look at the falling ceiling tiles or the broken chair or the stains or there's mice in the classroom. It's an easier story to tell. It is an easier story to tell. It's also just it, 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 there is something I, I think a lot of reporters and, and look, I, you know, I've been on both sides of reporter, now a columnist. It It is hard to um, truly expose, I think, some of the challenges of the, of the contract because there's always a rebuttal, right? Yes. You say, you, can, you know, management, let's say the mayor of Providence says, well, you know, we can't get them to do anything outside of, of what's in the, you know, the four walls of their contract or the 69 whatever pages of the contract. And then the teachers come back to you and say, that's not true. Look at these great teachers that go above and beyond. And yes, of course, there are teachers that go above and beyond. There are journalists that go above and beyond. There are lots right. of folks in any industry that are rock stars that are stars. And so it is hard, you know, you, you spend a lot of time doing this. Think about it if it's television, right? There's, you do lots of stories on the teacher of the year or the, you know, the, the person making a real difference. Those are great stories and they're important stories to be done. They, they do though counteract the narrative of these teachers don't do anything or they don't, you know, they, we should be able to fire them more because I think in the back of lots of people's head, not just reporters, by the way, I think the public in many ways, I think they kind of say, wait a minute, you know, my English teacher was pretty good. My, yes. my kid's teacher does a nice job. I don't want them to be vilified. So it is, I think it, it, it's, it's just a much easier story to tell, to tell from the union's perspective. And, you know, nobody likes to hear it. Mayor, Mayor Lorza says this all the time. There is a difference between what is happening with the teacher's union leadership and the average rank and file teacher in these schools. Right. The thing is, though, the average rank and file teacher has no reason to, you know, publicly criticize anything. They certainly no. don't. They certainly if they're, you know, if their member, if their leadership is fighting for, let's say, more money, what does the really great English teacher have have against that? Right. They, they, they want more money, too. And so generally speaking, they fall on the side of the union leadership. Uh, and, and the union leadership is very good at waiting these things out and allowing things to go along. And they know they were down two years ago, looked like this commissioner and the governor were going to come in and really, you know, take uh, take hold of things. And two years later, yep. if, you know, this is a game of momentum. <laughs> Certainly is. the teachers are in a better place than uh, than I think the state is. Folks, quick break. A lot more. Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe right here on the John DePietro Show. MEGA truck and trailer repair. Call them today. Commercial trailers, diesel equipment, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-2110. 508-336-2110 for MEGA, M-E-G-A, MEGA truck and trailer repair. As I said, commercial trailers, diesel equipment, free estimates, FHWA inspections and Rhode Island State Inspection Station, trailer pickup and delivery, 24-hour mobile service, Serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, it's MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Call them today, 508-336-2110, 24-hour mobile service, and also ABS repairs, brakes, doors. Listen, if it's on a trailer, MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair, they can repair it. Call them today, 508-336-2110, 508-336-2110, it's MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. If you've been thinking about updating your website or if you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business, you could receive a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional. And she's been doing this work for 25 years. Contact Karen Etchells at InnoVest Digital Marketing. She will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Give Karen a call for a free consultation at 401 401- 321-2799 that's 401-321-2799 or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com 
While the pandemic rages on, you need to stay healthy. You need to take care of your health. You need to stop in and see Marie at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, right across from Davenport Restaurant. Call Marie. I call her the Queen of Health, 401 305 3585. You've seen her store. It's right in that old white church. It's my health because, folks, it's about your health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Shop local. Stop it and see Marie. What do we have? Well, vitamins, herbal remedies, trusted companies, who understand quality, integrity, local products like the incredible acai berry. She also has honey, maple syrup. Marie at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, right across from Davenport Restaurant, has over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices that can be purchased by the ounce, plus box herbs and teas. The service is the best plus hemp and CBD products, plus massage therapy, reflexology, Pilates. Folks, stop it and see her. It's my health because it's about your health and staying healthy and children's vitamins. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You can call her at 401-305-3585. Stop in and see Marie. And it's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, right across from Davenport Restaurant, because remember, it's your health. Stop it and see Marie at It's My Health. We're speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. Dan, I, if you don't mind, I do want to just stay with this situation with the Providence schools. Um, do you you get the sense that this whole state takeover rip over the contract could go by the wayside? And if you're Governor McKee, let's try to find a way to work out a deal with these people and just put it back under the guise of the umbrella of Providence. I'm not sure that it would go back to the umbrella of Providence. I think the thing that I wrote a call about this, you and I have talked about it too, but the thing that I think is the most important issue to pay attention to is that this negotiation is not about money and benefits. And it's about, it's about policy. It's about change that needs to be made that, that the state believes needs to be made and that the union believes shouldn't be made. And that's where this becomes so difficult. Again, you and I could do this. Certainly any average labor attorney or average, you know, management type of contract negotiator. And certainly the folks at Adler Pollock who are kind of the, the, you know, the key outside hires by the yep. state. I mean, they're, they've done this for years and years and years. They're good at, at negotiating contracts. Yes. The problem here is that it's not about money. And so, you know, when it, the governor, I, I think it's completely realistic that you and I would be talking, let's say on August 15th, right? A couple of weeks before school starts and we're saying, well, they got a contract done. I, I think that's completely realistic. The question is going to be, what does the contract look like? Right. And, and I think that's where this becomes a bit of a challenge. My guess, if, if I were, uh, I think the, the ideal situation were to happen for the governor, not for necessarily kids or for, you know, the public. I think he would love to get a deal done, say that we got a victory, keep yep. control within the state, uh, w- w- with the state so that he can kind of flex his muscles a little bit, and, you know, be able to weigh in on Providence, make no mistake, you know, his control over Providence schools will be an issue in the governor's race next year. Uh, you can just imagine the campaign out. How can you trust Merrill Orson when he can't run his own school system? We had to take it over, right? So I think uh, my guess is you see the state kind of keep control, but try to negotiate a deal. And this is where Mayor Lors is going to have a little bit of an opening to say, you know, what do you get done? What, what, what's right. actually changing in this contract? Because I, I'll, I'll remind you, we talked in the last segment just about how Mayor Lors had that big fight with the teachers union. Remember right as he was running for reelection, he, he wins reelection. Maybe a couple weeks later, remember they opposed him strong. The teachers opposed him yes. very strong. He wins re-election. He then announces, we got a deal done. We're, we're done. It wasn't like an election year deal. It wasn't, mm. uh, you know, before the, the the votes or something. No, no, he waited. It was done. And he, he said at the time, and he has said going forward, we got nothing in that contract. So mm. I took on the teachers unions and I lost is what he is yeah. saying. Um, and I think he, he would have an opening potentially to, to push that on uh, Governor McKee. Now, Again, devil's in the details. It becomes one of these situations where 
what does reform look like? And we're going to have all these weird conversations that, you know, most people don't understand. But um, I, I think that's where this is trending. I think they can get a deal done. I would be stunned if they were to give it back to Providence. Although, you know, the way the, the, the state Senate, particularly the Senate, it has been acting, it wouldn't stun me if, you know, we're coming up on the end of session, if there was some bill that, that gets passed, there's already one in the works of, you know, give the city back the schools in a couple of years or something like that. I, I wouldn't be stunned if that kind of thing happens. Um, but I don't think it's anytime soon. I, what, what I should be very clear about is Mayor Lorza will never control the Providence school system again as mayor. Right. Right. And that's probably not a bad thing. Dan McGowan, what about the fact that Mayor Lorza, again, I'm going to go to that Channel 12 interview where he basically feels, you know, when it comes to the pension, the more when I when I have a chance to explain to people what needs to be done, then, you know, they're more receptive. And he seems almost, oh, well, you know, the General Assembly is going to come back in the fall. Do you get any sense that whether it's summer, now, fall, that Governor McKee and the general treasurer are going to break off from their position that they're not going to allow him to do this with the pension system? No, no, I don't think they that, that this will happen. Um, the This is, of course, the $700 million the mayor wants to borrow to fund the pension system. I will say, and I'll, I'll point to that newsmaker's interview. I thought that was the best interview the mayor has ever given. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was his strongest uh, yep. points to be made. And as somebody who, you know, not, uh, this isn't something to really brag about, but I, I've covered the Providence pension system in particular for long enough where I feel like I'm probably as well-versed in it as almost anybody in the state. I will say that what the mayor is saying is, is, is kind of right. I, I went in personally uh, in hearing this conversation about borrowing money. And I said, it's a bad idea. When Socket did it, we, we've heard all these horror stories. It sounds like a bad idea. And they have you know, chipped away at the argument. Look, there are protections we could build in. There are all these things we can do. And while I'm still a little bit skeptical on, on whether or not I trust Providence to be able to, to um, you know, manage that money, I will say I've come around on the idea that it's worth more conversation. I think the mm. best that Mayor Lorza can get is – uh, a some sort of uh, study commission this year where you know a bunch of people look at it and they and they outline potential solutions to the province pension system um, that would be a win for him to some degree remember the city's finances are not going to crumble tomorrow right Mayor Lorza right. is going to be able to run for governor saying that he's run a surplus and he's done a good job and, and all that kind of stuff and we'll poke holes in it but generally speaking he he, he will be allowed to at least um, you know, somewhat run on that argument. The thing that he that he wants to do or needs to get done is you need more people, particularly in the legislature, to understand that five years from now, ten years from now, you do have a real problem if you can't get anything done. And so, whether it's the water supply from years ago that the mayor wanted to sell or lease, or whether it's this bond idea, um, these guys are going to have to start to think about what will solve the problem for, for the city? Because there will come a time where you and I are having a much different conversation of, you know, gee, who, the city's going under, who's going to control it, things like that, because it's just unsustainable when it comes to the, the, those large payments that go to the pension uh, system every single year. Folks, another quick break. A lot more. Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe right here on the John DePietro Show. It's spring and time to call J.K.L. Engineering today at 401-351-7600. J.K.L. Engineering, licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. You know, pretty soon it'll be warm. It'll be hot. Why not have central air for your home? Call J.K.L. Engineering today, 401-351-7600. Remember, with J.K.L., estimates are free. Financing is available, both residential and commercial, in the wintertime. JKL, they can reduce your oil bill by as much as 90%. It's going to be a hot summer. Call JKL Engineering today. Be nice and cool in your home this summer. Call JKL, 401-351-7600. For 54 years, JKL's reputation, second to none, especially for technical expertise and customer satisfaction. JKL. They do it right. They do it right the first time. They're an approved National Grid VPI installer. JKL is also a Navian certified factory dealer called JKL. 
for a system replacement, oil to gas, or for a heat pump. Estimates are free. Financing is available, both residential and commercial. Call J.K.L. Engineering today. For light for Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 401-351-7600, 401-351-7600. It's J.K.L. Engineering. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www. What's the point of having an appliance if it doesn't work properly or maybe you have problems with it? I'll tell you what you should do. As I like to say, if your appliance is dying, just call Ryan. Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096. Easy to remember, Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096. I've used Ryan on several occasions, whether it's for your washing machine or maybe your dryer or the refrigerator, or your stove, or oven, or microwave, any appliance. If your appliance is dying, just call Ryan, 401-710-7096. I was having a problem with our our clothes dryer. What would happen? It wouldn't turn on. No way they were going to dry the clothes. I called Ryan's Appliance Repair. He fixed that in about five minutes. Then the oven wouldn't heat up. I called Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096. He fixed, the, he fixed the, the oven in about five minutes. Folks, call them. All work is guaranteed for 90 days, parts and labor. Senior citizens discounts are available and Saturday appointments are available. Come on, call Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096. We're speaking with Dan McGowan, columnist for the Boston Globe. Dan, one one last question on Mayor Lorza. Do you see him running for any other office other than I do, governor? I, I don't. And I know this is like uh, last two weeks or so, I feel like this has been the constant rumor. Uh, yes. You know, he's going to go run for treasurer. He's going to run for something. By the way, would be incredibly ironic if the mayor of Providence who wants to, you know, borrow all this money for the pension system were to become the treasurer and then yeah. save the Providence pension system. Uh, he would be a great candidate for governor after doing that uh, probably. Mm. But here, here's the thing. I've known the mayor a long time. He's got uh, just like many politicians, certainly any mayor of Providence, he's got a big ego. Uh, he believes that his best way, you know, best way forward is to run for governor. And he knows he's got options when it comes to, you know, you could go be a professor. There's a whole bunch of things that he could do that would be in his wheelhouse. Um, the the office that I think, let's pretend, let's say he runs for governor and doesn't win. The the yep. office that I would p- pay attention to in the future for him, and this is going to drive you crazy, is attorney general. Oh, um, my goodness. I could wow. see a scenario where not, certainly not against Peter Nerone. Peter Nerone is as popular as there is. He's going to, yes. I think, cruise to re-election. But yeah. four years from now, or five years, I guess, when Peter Nerone is term limited, wow. I, I do think Mayor Alorza views that sort of activist role that you can play as attorney general as something oh, that is very attractive. So I would say keep an eye on that long term, but this term for governor. Mm. And Dan McGowan, just it was it was last, I think it was sometime last summer where I was told that he had a consultant come in, Mayor Lorza, and tell him, listen, you need to shore up the, the black vote if you're going to win that prob- that primary to be for governor. And, you know, look at between the, the mural and then the, talking about reparations and then now Juneteenth. Uh, I'll say one thing. He's certainly working towards that goal in trying to attract the African-American vote in the city of Providence. Yeah, the Juneteenth thing is particularly interesting because yeah. look, it is a way you, you're you seeing this, uh, a lot of organizations. I will tell you, full disclosure, the Globe is moving in this direction. I think our yep. Friday is a is a holiday and you're going to see, uh, you know, you're going to see a lot more of that uh, most likely. What, what he, by doing it a year before he's on, you know, he's on the ballot, next year, come June, when you're finally starting to really think about who's running, He's going to have a great yes. campaign ad. He's going to have yep. a great way to say, look what I have done. Uh, by then, you know, you might have advanced reparations to some degree. So he has laid the groundwork. And I think you, your your instincts on this are right. 
Mary Lorza has a very narrow path and some yes. would say some would say not a path at all but but let's say a narrow path to being the democratic nominee for governor next year the that path has to include overwhelming wins in the cities uh yep. in pro in providence in particular and providence has a kind of a sneaky large black vote you know there are mm. four five six thousand black voters in the city now they don't all vote together of course that's the case but if you could find a way to pick off a lot of a lot of minority voters black voters latino voters there's the only path i think that jorge lorza has and so yeah i think there are ways you know you could do this you would certainly say of course that it's not about politics it's about you know good policy and treating people fairly all that stuff but sure it all sometimes good policy or your view on good policy also makes good politics Dan McGowan, what do you, someone asked me how I thought Governor McKee was doing or how is it going for him. And I said, a good indication is, I, I'm curious to hear your thought, the fact they are announcing that every Tuesday after Thursday at one, but every Tuesday at two o'clock, he and the lieutenant governor are going to have an availability for the media. Now, to me, that is someone who things are going so well, they don't know what it's like when administration basically goes underground in the bunker, a scandal hits. They, they need a few days to get their story straight. They're not sure what they're going to do. Um, what, what do you what do you make of, uh, of their decision in announcing that every Tuesday at two o'clock they're going to have a media availability? Well, there's no question they feel very good about themselves right yeah. now. Uh, my understanding is they did some polling recently and uh, came back uh, pretty positive for them. I don't have all the details, but I think they felt pretty good about some of their they're polling data and what people think of them. Um, you're right about this. I mean, you know, I, I, I'll believe it when I see it, when you have a, you know, a, a U-hip type crisis or God yeah. forbid, you know, you have some sort of tragedy. Will they immediately go out? You know, can you imagine doing a, the governor doing a press conference after, remember the, the highway shooting on the mall? Uh, yes. you know, could, could, yeah. you, could you imagine a press conference immediately um, something tells me that would not happen. They'd leave it in the hands of state police, things like that. But right. yes, I mean, this goes, the, the, the gov, governor in the key feels very good. He gets to do a lot of reopening and you see it, John, you've noted this a million times now. Yeah. He, he kind of likes talking to the press. I talked to him. He does. I think, I think after you and I spoke last week, we hopped on the phone and I wrote a column about his first hundred days. He was telling jokes. He was laughing. Oh. Uh, you know, he was he was pretty jovial, I guess you would say. And I think it's because he feels very good about where he is now. Yep. You know, things can change. And, and you know, I, I've said this, too. I think one challenge he has is too much too soon, too, too much yeah. success too early. The counterpoint to that, though, is lots of success that you can remind voters about next year. And so, yeah, yeah. I think, I think he's feeling pretty good now. He hasn't been tested, right. The, the that that's where it's going to become, a, a, you know, his, his challenge when, you know, when you get a hostile press, when you get Tim white in there, you know, that's got some state employee doing something wrong or something yeah. like that, you know, that's where he's going to be. Um, that's where he's going to be tested because, he, he is a sensitive guy. Well, one of the things that people should know about Dan McKee is more, far more than Gina Raimondo. He pays attention to what is being written about him, what is being yeah. said on the radio and on television about him. He knows that stuff, or he has staffers that do. It's actually a little bit like, and this is funny because you, 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 you talked about him almost every day, is Link Chafee. Link Chafee, for, for all of the kind of obliviousness that, that, that people would see in him, Link Chafee, and we, we've written about this, had a staffer whose job it was to listen to you on the radio yeah, talking right. about him. And, yep. and, and, and not, ju not just you, but, but certainly you. And so uh, I think Dan McKee is a little bit more like that. And so when he's facing the criticism, he's going to know it even more. Gina Raimondo, by the way, I don't think she read a lot of Dan McGowan. I'm not sure she listened to you every day. Uh, right. Didn't really care that much about this stuff. No. And so she, she almost could be dismissive. And that was a problem of hers. But she she could be dismissive because sometimes she didn't know when a story was kind of taking over. Sometimes, yes. you know, she was the last person to know when, when something was a scandal or, a, you know, a major problem. Dan McKee is upfront about it. But also means that he's very sensitive and he's, he's prone to 
you know, make an announcement based on what he heard on the radio or what he saw on television. And so, you know, that's something to really keep uh, keep paying attention to, especially as you, you know, really start to think about what the governor's race looks like. Governor McKee's also the oldest governor we've had in office for a while. He's 70 years old today, as I read in Roadmap. Yeah, 70 years old. Yeah. And, and, and so, you know, the, the, the interesting thing is, you know, if he starts to look really good, I mean, how much does he try to make the case to almost play the Joe Biden card to, to a lot of the other Democrats and say, look, give me my chance. I'm probably not going to, you know, be in love with the idea of two terms. Let me do one term and we'll, you know, maybe I'll support somebody. If you could see some scenario like that, although 70 is not 80. So, you know, no, he certainly not at could all. do the job. Yeah, I think it, it's um, it's a tough dynamic for Seth Magaziner because and I've mentioned this 2002. Jim Bennett was the endorsed gubernatorial yep. candidate Republicans. He was up against the older grandfatherly Don Kachiri. A lot of people said, you know what? He's a nice guy, but he can wait his turn. I'm going to go with the the older, more experienced uh, individual. Speaking of Commerce Secretary uh, Raimondo Dan McGowan, I mean, a few months removed from Veterans Auditorium, and instead she's jetting off to the other side of the world to meet with the president who's on the stage in Geneva with with the head of Russia and Putin. I mean, talk about, I, I mean, I think she, I, at the time I was saying it was the right decision. You and I had talked about it. And now, I mean, from the Sunday shows to that's about as that's, that is actually as big as it gets. Well, can you imagine she's got John DePietro yelling at her about, you know, the COVID story of the moment. And now yeah. suddenly She's worried about what Putin's going to say. On oh, the my stage. God. Uh, you know, it's, it, it is. It's interesting. I think uh, I, I think it's definitely true. The job that fits her best in that administration yeah. is this one is commerce. Yeah. You know, for all the folks that said, oh, you know, HHS would have been the great job because you'd be a part of the covid recovery. How much are you seeing from HHS right now? Not Nothing. very much, to be honest. Yeah. Um, you know, Treasury Secretary was always the one that she would have loved to do. But. This job, it's when I've talked to Gina Raimondo over the last couple of months, what she says is there's so much that I can do in this in this mm. office. And she she loves that part of it. And again, I said this about the mayor before politicians and Gina Raimondo is a politician. They, they've got egos. She loves being in the mix. She loves yes. that, you know, being on tele. I think I saw her on CNN yesterday. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, sitting next to the president, uh, wow. she she likes those sort of things, and so you know, the the question is, how is she doing? I'm not sure. It's you know, you or I, I can really evaluate whether or not she's doing a great job or a bad job or, or anything like that too soon. And and right. you know, what do we necessarily know? But you know what, she she helps to negotiate some of the tariff issues that uh, that was one of the biggest things on the agenda going to Europe this week. Um, you know, she's not in the meeting with Putin. She certainly, you know, I think, probably has a say on some of these conversations with China and things like that. You're going to see a lot more uh, of Gina Raimondo. I've been saying this for weeks. She is going to become a major player, especially after whatever happens with infrastructure, you know, domestically. Yep. Once all attention turns to China, tr- yeah. turns to, you know, uh, tariffs and things like that. I think Gina Raimondo is going to become a major, major player. She almost overshadows almost everybody else in the administration. Even, she does. Even Kamala Harris to some degree. Yep. Yes. And and getting better press than uh, the vice president. Now, folks, you hear me mention Roadmap. I start each day with it. There's so much information, including what the events are taking place. It's all fresh new material with easy links that then boom here's the story here's the link here's the story here's the link dan mcgowan and the best thing is if people right now jot down they can receive it each morning in their inbox that's right completely free all you have to do is send me a blank email to rinews at globe.com rinews at globe.com and john summed it up better than i ever could you get new reporting you get some analysis you get lots of great stories that are in the globe and then you get an easy rundown of what's happening the governor is having a big press conference to announce uh body cameras for for police departments things like that you start to learn all about these things it takes five minutes to read so ri news at globe.com and you'll start getting it first thing tomorrow morning folks he's dan mcgowan of the globe dan thank you again uh we'll talk to you again all right thanks john have a good one For all your tree needs, call the tree trimming experts in Lincoln. It's Yankee Tree Service. Call them today for a free quote, 401 
439-6028. Yankee Tree Service, 401-439-6028. Fully insured tree removal company with a licensed arborist. Yankee Tree Service, they provide various tree services, including tree removal, pruning, land clearing, stump grinding, and bobcat service. Check out their website, yankeetreeservice.com. Whether it's for tree removal or stump grinding, Yankee Tree Service provides stump grinding so you can enjoy your landscape without the eyesore of old stumps. Tree pruning. You know, many times a tree just needs to be pruned instead of completely cut down. The licensed arborists with Yankee Tree Service, they'll help you decide what's the best treatment plan for your tree. Emergency service or bucket truck service. They'll get up in the bucket. Call Yankee Tree Service today for a free quote. 401 439 6028 or online at yankeetreeservice.com. I can breathe clearly now, my mask is gone. Nothing but a big smile for all to see. Gone is the Fauci mask I had to wear. My lungs will be full, full, full of beautiful air. My lungs will be full, 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 full of clean air. My lungs will be full, full, full of beautiful air. My lungs will be full, 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 full of clean air. My lungs will be full, full, full of beautiful air. Mega Logistics. They're there to help you. Give them a call today, 401-431-2300. MEGA MEGA Logistics. If you have freight, you need freight, goods, third-party brokerage for your company, your housing and transportation. How about custom freight, supply chain management, routing, bill auditing, customer developing, proven track record with Fortune 500 companies. You can depend on MEGA MEGA Logistics. Call them today, 401 401- 431-2300. Does that sound like your company? Maybe you have freight or you need freight goods, third-party brokerage, warehousing, transportation, custom freight. They have the experience. Call them today. MEGA Logistics, 401-431-2300. It's spring, and Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island is your lawn care company. Call them today for a free quote, 401-392-1025. Check out their website, lawndoctor.com. Your best lawn ever, guaranteed. Call them now. Get that spring program. You have the fertilizer, then you guaranteed broadleaf crabgrass control. Your best lawn ever guaranteed call lawn doctor today check out their website lawndoctor.com or call them 401-392-1025